1: The Adam shine podcast,
2: episode 124 of the Adam shine podcast. And this week's featured guest is the face of the NHL on TNT, Liam McHugh, who is the outstanding studio host for the NHL on TNT coverage on TNT kicks off this week. The hockey season starts next week. I've known Liam for a long time. Wait till you hear how I hit him at the beginning of the interview in terms of how we met and why we met. Then he hits me with something on where we met. Trust me, you're going to love it. Great stuff from Liam McHugh on all his days uh, covering the NFL on NBC, his favorite moment covering the NFL, what it was like covering Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers, why hockey's in better shape now than ever before, the Galaxy of Stars, the secret to success of their show, working with Wayne Gretzky. You guys are absolutely going to love it. Liam McHugh, the featured guest on the Adam Shine podcast. And I want to bring in my guy, Bob Stew on this to get you started and whet the appetite because, Bob, October to me, as a sports month is the best. The calendar flips to October as a sports fan. You're like me. We love the baseball playoffs. NFL is king. Hockey starts. College football. NBA starts. Now, April is a great month when it comes to sports. You know, NFL draft with all the games and the start of other postseasons. January is a great month. You know, you got hirings and firings in the NFL and the NFL postseason. September, the buzz, obviously, start of football, you know, pennant races heating up. But to me, and I love this new format for Major League Baseball with the playoffs, the one and the two seed get a bye. I love the top six teams, you know, home field for the wild card, not nine dopey or fluky innings. You have three games. I've been actually campaigning for that forever. October, to me, is the single greatest month in sports. April's a good month. You got the Final Four. You got the championship in basketball, uh, college basketball, baseball, obviously. You know, starting up, we mentioned the draft. March is a lot of fun. There's nothing like October,
3: Bob, when it comes to a month of sports. Yeah, I agree with you, Adam. I think October, it's a big problem for me. I just don't have enough TVs, to be honest, (laughs) because I love every single sport. I'll watch everything, and I'm with you. October, I think, is the best sports month because you have actual NFL football games. That's why October is the best month. The baseball postseason is unbelievable. The moments. You always remember the moments in the baseball postseason. That's what sticks out. Opening day is a lot of fun for baseball. But literally, you get two weeks into the season, you go, "All right, get me to October." You're not, you're, right. you're, you're already looking ahead. And with I baseball. love baseball, and you love baseball, but there's that lull after that first week. You're right. You're right. One hundred percent. And like the hockey playoffs aren't really in full swing in April yet. That's more of a May thing. And you know, I'm obsessed with hockey. I love the NBA too, but that's not that postseason's a little bit further along. So yeah, I'm with you. It, to me, it's October, and then it's everything else. I love it. Like I said, I need more televisions, to be honest. I mean, this year is insane, too. Even if the World Cup coming up in November, I don't know what I'm going to do, Adam. I need more time. I need more TVs. I I need to figure out something. It's difficult. It's difficult loving so many sports. I'm telling you, you got to love sports. Liam McHugh, we love him. One of our
2: all-time favorites. He's the featured guest on the Adam Shine podcast, and you'll hear it next.
1: Hey, this is Mike Bapchick from Morning Man of Mad Dog Sports Radio. When you are done listening to Shine, come hear me as I roast them. It's Bapchick's morning after the podcast. We try to make sure our bosses never find out about Available now wherever you get your podcasts.
2: The featured guest this week on the Adam Shine podcast, one of my favorite guys in all of sports media, from the NHL on TNT, the host, the face of their incredible studio show, my guy,
1: the great Liam McHugh. Liam, how are you? I'm great, man. It's, uh, it's awesome to be talking to you. It's great to be going back to work soon. So, It's pretty
2: great. I can't believe – I mean, October really is a pretty tremendous sports month. Hockey is starting, baseball, playoffs, NFL, college football – it's just a basketball starts in a few weeks. TNT is going to be buzzing, going to be busy. So we've had you on radio forever, all the time. Always love chopping it up with you. I've always wanted to ask you this, and I've always been meaning to text you this, but what the hell I ask you on the podcast. Do you remember the first time we ever interacted? Any recollection? I'll give you a hint, and it's okay if you don't. Ariel Hawani you asked Ask me if I remember the first time, and I had no idea until I jogged the mental Rolodex. It was an email exchange in 2004. Does anything ring a bell the first time we ever interacted, and why and how and the circumstance 2004 on email? It was my first year. It was even before the merger. It was serious. I yeah. just started at Sirius, and I was told to send Liam McHugh an email, and we went back and forth. I looked it up on my Hotmail account three times. Hotmail
1: account, wow, Hot, which so, I still yeah. have. Yeah, good. Yeah, well, so do I. It's uh, <laughs> we're old, and that's okay. You know, they're not AOL accounts. I mean, no. Uh, Hotmail's never okay, treated so me I'm, back... never, I'm never, I'm never giving up my Hotmail account. By the way, never giving Why up. Why would you? No. Would, what are they they're not charging you for it? I mean, it's loaded with spam emails, and like occasionally you get like a bill that you realize you haven't paid in about two years. But yeah. it's, it's worth it. It's um, worth it. Okay, two thousand four. So I uh, I'm in grad school at Syracuse. Yep. Uh, I we have a mutual friend. Yes. Yes, we have a mutual friend that you grew up with. Yes. Yes. And was trying to help me because I think the idea was I'm throwing all my money into going to grad school and I have no prospects. Outside of that, I don't think so. But I know that our first face-to-face interaction was at SNY. And it was brief. I don't Was this when you were doing versus? Right after it right after versus what yes, it was like, it was. Well, I was sort of yeah. like, it was the merger was happening with versus yep. and NBC. And I came into SNY and I auditioned there and I came, you were there. Yeah. And I came over and just said hi really quickly. And I was like, Oh, put in a good word. You don't know me, but I emailed you like five years ago. Um, so, but we knew each other a little bit of that, but I mean, I, think, I think I knew, you know, not as well. As I we forgot know all
2: about that at SNY.
1: But then I, I got a job at NBC, uh, and uh, yeah, I don't the rest know. is so, history. Yeah, I guess. Or, or that or you just you, you told the people at SMI, like, I don't know who that guy was. I don't
2: no, 100 <laughs> I, I, percent. I remember it very well. The beginning. So 2004, we had a mutual friend, friend of yours from Buffalo, who I went to high school with, who at the time was working at one of the all time great sports bars now defunct Ship of Fools in, in New York right. City. Chip of Fools was great. The ultimate sports bar. And she said, you have to reach out to my friend, Liam. And that was literally it. You know, he's throwing his life away, his money away. <laughs> he's going to grad school. <laughs> he's such a great guy. He's so talented. Help him out. So we emailed back and forth. And, you know, hey, Syracuse, anything you need. And, you know, it, it was a friend of ours who, I mean, she, she was fantastic. Great, great person. And we, we emailed about career. I was mm-hmm. I remember where I was emailing you from. And, you know, the, our mutual friend sent me this whole thing. And I was like, I, I literally, I went back and I read these emails about 20 minutes ago. Get I, out. I still have the emails. Our email exchanges. That's crazy. From 2004 about what you wanted to do in, in your career. So what
1: did I, I want to do?
2: This. I oh, mean, right, literally good. what yeah. you're doing. <laughs> and it's, it's kind of crazy because you, you're obviously you you're hosting on, on NBC, hockey, Super Bowls, Olympics, Sunday night football, and now the face of the NHL on, on TNT. Is it amazing to think to go back to the University of Buffalo, go back to the graduate days at Syracuse, and think about what you've accomplished in the last 18 years?
1: Uh, I think it's... It's astonishing in that, especially when you go back to Buffalo, because I had no clear path at that point. Like I, I was definitely one of those kids who went to college and uh, I, I had no idea what I was going to do. And uh, I played soccer, not well. Uh, and I remember like they took the athletes and they were like, what do you want to do? And I'm like, I don't know. They're like communications. You can get all your classes in before practice. I'm like, is that, <laughs> is that the important part of this? All right, good. So uh, but it wasn't communications like at a lot of other schools. It was more theory and uh, it wasn't hands on. I, I really like I graduated college and I knew very little about what I want to do. Uh, and I, I knew I wanted uh, to do something with storytelling. My dad was an English teacher. My mom was a, a librarian. It was a, you know, ingrained in my DNA. Uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, I, I would also say that it, it's strange to think like I had no idea how one even becomes someone who's on air before I went to uh, Syracuse. Like it seemed like, I I might as well just say like, why not make me a wizard? Like (laughs) it 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 seemed so (laughs) far-fetched. Like I had no idea how one starts this and then gets to a point. Uh, So it it was strange and I wrote for a few years and I wasn't great at it. And I told some people at ESPN Magazine where I was freelancing, I'm like, hey, I'm thinking about going back to school. And they were very quick to be like, I think that's a good idea, which says a lot about what they thought of me as a writer. Uh, no doubt about it. Cause they were like, you should probably find something else to do. Uh, but that they, you know, thought that maybe this could work. So, but I also, I have to say like the cool thing about Syracuse is that there are people like you. Um, and the cool thing about this industry is that there are relationships like this, like people, I think people are surprised, like how small the industry gets yeah, and how much you overlap with people. And if you're just good to people and just decent to people. Uh, somewhere down the line it, it it could work out. But no, I had, it was unimaginable.
2: I always tell people, you know, the kids in Syracuse when they ask, you know, work hard and be a great person. I mean, it sounds simple, but that to me is the the recipe for success. It is funny, by the way, in reading those emails, our mutual friend had a link to one of your ESPN the Magazine articles in it. True story. <laughs> I literally just I, I saw it literally about twenty minutes ago. So now you're doing for the second year NHL on TNT, and, and Liam, I always say this to you when you're on the radio show. I'm not a huge hockey fan. I, I like watching the big games. The, the postseason is unbelievable. I watch for you now in in the regular season. I did that when you were on on NBC as well. But your show is must watch. I mean, the the chemistry, the the foolishness, and I mean that as the ultimate compliment. <laughs> the the hockey intellect. It it's all there. I mean, you guys have a blast. How would you describe what you guys do on TNT?
1: I think right away you mentioned the word chemistry and that's something that came together, uh, really organically, but quickly and oddly, cause you know, I mean, it can take forever uh, and it can just never happen. What do we do? Uh, I think we are people who take the sport seriously, but don't take ourselves that seriously. Uh, take our opinions seriously, but don't take them personally. So that if you disagree with them, who cares? And everyone's out for the best possible time and the best possible show you can have. So when people say like, Oh, it's like a group of guys getting together and watching at a bar in a way it is because you want to have the best possible time you can have. Um, And whether that means your big idea gets in the show or not, who knows? But I think the cool thing about Turner is that every idea matters ideas can come from anywhere. And they say, if you got something, you want to experiment with it, go for it. These guys are passionate. They're fun. They are relatively ego free, which mm. is pretty much, which is insane considering your former athletes and one of them is the greatest player of all time. Um, but it's a group, like, I don't know. It's, it's a group of people where you can have the greatest player of all time, give an opinion. And you can have a guy like uh, Paul Bizanet, who was a banger, you know, and just trying to make it in the league. And his opinion matters just as much. He's like, you know, he's willing to give and take everyone's willing to get chirped. And I will say this one thing that I want to do with the show. And I think that's great about our show is that self-aware, which is if it's uncomfortable or awkward or just bad, no one pretends it's not because everyone at home sees it too. So why not just point your finger at it? Make fun of it and move on, and and I love that about this show, and I love the fact that Turner's cool with that because you never know.
2: I love that, and and it resonates all of that. And I remember on one of the the early shows last year, you, you guys just started busting Wayne's chops, and it, and it was something at that moment that was chop bust worthy. And I'm, it just it resonates so well that he's he's one of the greatest athletes in the history of sports, and he's also simultaneously self-deprecating when he's up there with you guys and add that translates and that resonates. What's it like working with the greatest hockey player ever?
1: He's strangely unassuming. Um, you know, you you, you have regular conversations with the guy. He's uh, he's obviously a larger than life figure, but he's not necessarily a larger than life personality like, say, Barkley is every moment uh, of the day where, you you know, you feel his presence of the room all the time. You could walk into rooms and not, you know, notice that Wayne's sitting there because he's quiet. He's doing his own thing. Uh, and then, of course, like you get out of the car to go to the hotel and there's like 12 people at two in the morning trying to get his autograph. So, uh, you know, his life is very different. And like. You know, you say like, hey, what'd you do during the week? You're like, oh, I was out with my kids. I went to sports. He's like, yeah, I played some golf. the other, You know, I was on the course the other day with MJ. And I'm like, oh, well, hey. I was like, are we talking about Michael Jordan here? He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm like, you you know, you got to give me those details. Don't just skip over those really quickly. That's not the yada yada portion of this story. So it's, but it's cool because, I mean, I think he really, he he knew that this is the first time he was going to, he had done TV. We knew each other We'd met a couple times, but nothing like we didn't know each other that well. And I really, I had more anxiety about working with him simply from the fact that I thought he could come in, be a week into him, be like, "What am I doing here? Like, why do I have to do this? Uh, it's doing nothing for my legacy. Uh, I I could be spending my time doing a million other things." But he likes it. He wants to be around the guys. And the cool thing was a couple weeks into the season, when he was now off for an extended period of time, which made sense because you want him on in the spring and in the playoffs, during the big games. But he was texting Rick Tocket, who he's really close with, during the show. And if we wow. had, like, one of those moments that was fun, he was like, all right, I'm a little annoyed right now. He's like, I'm watching this, and I want to be there, and I got something to say. Uh, he's like, I, I need to – so it was, a, it was a cool thing to have. And the fact that he was willing to be chirped and then give it back to people, it changed everything we did there. Because – you know, when he, and he's subtle about, but he can hit you with daggers. Yeah. And it's great. But, uh, and then, you know what? When I ask him about Connor McDavid, when I ask about Leon Dryside, when I ask about Austin Matthews, there is no one who can put me in their mindset the way Wayne Gretzky can. All the pressure in the world, greatest player in the world, he knows everything about it. No one, no one else can take you there like he can.
2: And when I hear him talk about McDavid, who I'm kind of obsessed with, or Matthews, with these great players, I mean, you know, you kind of get the chills as a viewer listening to it because that's Wayne Gretzky. And he's not subject to or prone to hyperbole. So when he's saying things that are, you know, super informative or or praiseworthy about these players, I mean, it's it's pretty sweet. And, Liam, what I find great about the NHL now, the stars – I mean, you just referenced three of them. I mean, they're likable. They're dominant. You know, the the NHL, we could have a conversation of who do you like for the Stanley Cup this year or for the Final Four. Who's the surprise team? Am I nuts whether it's the stars or the quality of teams going in? The heels of this past postseason, which was off the charts. The NHL is in an unbelievable place heading into this
1: campaign. There's no doubt about it. And this isn't like a rah-rah pep talk like my sport. And you get that a lot. Listen, I get that this is America and most people don't grow up playing hockey. It's just the way it is. Like You know other sports because you grew up playing them. You don't play hockey in gym class. And if you live in half the country, you're never really on a sheet of ice your entire, entire life. So I get it. But there are guys out there right now. And they're the guys we referenced before. But there's also Kale McCarr, who I think is a big one right now for Colorado, who the minute... He gets the puck and starts skating. You don't have to know anything about hockey to know what you're seeing is awesome. It's different level. These are the best in the world and he is dancing between them and it's effortless and it's, it's beautiful and athletic and creative. Uh, and the cool thing is, you know, and I remember like, well, I was such a hardcore basketball fan growing up, you know, Knicks of the nineties, my team, yep, you know, sure. I, I, you know, but I also, like I was mesmerized, obviously, by Allen Iverson and when he came to the league and what he brought and what was different about all of that. And, you know, I think when I look at that, I look at Kale McCarr and there are moments when he, like it looked like he had crossed someone up and broke their ankles from a standstill in hockey. And I'd never seen something like that. It's creative, uh, you know, and I, I, I think it's a great time to be a fan. Because it's still a physical sport. You still get the hitting. You still get the playoff atmosphere. But you are getting athleticism and a dynamic athlete that maybe you haven't gotten for a while. And I'll tell you the other thing that's cool. We're getting some personalities. Yeah. And these and these guys have them. Now, they were unwilling to show them, I think, for a lot of years. I mean, you know the story, right? It's like uh, you go into locker room, and every year there's a feature written that you cannot get a hockey player to start a sentence with I – or me, <laughs> right. it's always we, it's always we. And that's the mentality of the hockey player. But I think one of the great things, one of the things I loved about what we did in year one, and I have to give Paul Bissner a lot of credit for this, but same with Anson and Rick Taka, cause Taka knows these guys as a coach and Anson knows everyone in the league, guys let their guard down. And now we got personalities and we've got guys really showing who they are. And that's what the NFL and that's what the NBA has. And it's why they can market their, uh, their league so well. We're starting to get there with hockey, and the fact that the biggest players and the most exciting players are doing that—it's huge for the league.
2: I think it's gigantic for the league. And you covered brilliantly the NFL for such a long time for for NBC. You know, as as a host on side. I mean, you really had a great perspective in terms of stars. I mean, and you were there for all the big games and the big players. It, do you think there's anything that the NHL could take from from the NFL in terms of the marketing, the promotion. You know, TNT has, I mean, the slate of games, great. ESPN having hockey back, I think, is a gigantic deal for the marketing of the sport. The fact that it's on Turner on ESPN, I think that's great. Is there anything that you saw or currently see from the NFL that maybe the NHL is doing or
1: can do in terms of the marketing of the stars? Yeah, I mean, it's funny. There were little things, that, like simple things that – just what you didn't see in the NHL or you didn't see consistently in the NHL that you see it, saw in every other sport. First of all, if I interviewed Rob Gronkowski before or after a game, Rob Gronkowski d- did not show up with his helmet on. Okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> and I was, I'd sit there and I'm like at the end of games and I'd be pulling my hair out to, you know, tell him like, tell the PR person, get that guy's helmet off come to look in the camera. We need to know what he looks like because that's the other thing. I think, you know, half these guys, even though you know their names, a lot of guys can't pick these players out of lineup they don't know they are their face is just not out there enough so i I think getting that recognition also when they're out in the public eye and when they're at other events you need to showcase them and you're seeing that more you do see that in toronto and you see that canadian markets you know matthews is a celebrity when he's out and about and he is a guy that goes out he'll go to vegas he will see fights you'll see him a lot more but i think the other thing that's been really cool is let's be honest you know we want we all want ratings i mean frankly personally i don't care um which is not a great quality to have, but I don't really give a shit. Yep. Um, sorry, I don't know if i to curse on this. You can curse uh, it, you yeah. But uh, we leaned on the markets, right? Yeah, yeah. Yep. Let's let's keep bringing these markets back and back and back. Now that meant a few things. It meant you're not seeing the Canadian teams, which I get because it, they're usually a rating skiller. But I'm sorry, like I want to see McDavid. I want to see Matthews. I, I want to McDavid. see McDavid. I want to yep. see Matthews.
2: And that's we're now Buzz, Liam. That.
1: And now we're doing that. And I, and I think that needs to happen more and more where you get out of the idea. I Listen, sometimes those teams are great. Washington and Pittsburgh were the draw for so many years. The Rangers are a competitive team. They're right in the mix. Boston, same thing. But we don't have to beat people over the head, over the head with it. Find the stars, get them on TV, and show the people how great these guys are.
2: When you were at NBC covering the games – did you have a favorite all-time game or all-time moment? Because you were literally on the field. I mean, for Mahomes, for Oof. Brady, for Rodgers, for Donalds. What Was there a favorite moment that you witnessed being there in the building for NBC?
1: Uh, no doubt about it. It's uh, Phoenix, Super Bowl, Pat's over the Seahawks, the end of that game, I am in the far end zone. So the uh, Seahawks are going away from me and I'm on the set and Rodney Harrison is right there. And now this is before the last play. And I think what people forget is the ridiculous catch that was made to set up this play. Okay. And it's, it's, it's weird that you can forget that because it was such an absurd catch and it needed to be reviewed. and, They're all looking down the field, looking live. And I, as always, have the worst seat in the house where I just turn around and watch the TV the entire time, Uh, even though I'm I'm in the stadium. um, And they're all sitting there like, all right, what are they going to do next? Incomplete. And I'm going, he caught that ball. Like, he caught that. And they're like, what are you talking about? Turn around. They're all looking at the replay. And I see Rodney Harrison turn around. He goes, David Tyree all over again, come wow. on! And like you could, like he couldn't even hold the emotion in. But then to have that change and flip the way it did, and all of us just like no one said anything after the interception. Everyone just stared at each other in disbelief. No one could believe that that moment occurred, that that play call happened. And I think we're in that phase of like, you know how. Bad? Do we crush this person? Do we? I think you almost start second guessing what you know about the sport because you're like in that moment you're like, "That's what's happened." What happen, the right? like, hell just you know, happened? What the How could they do done? that? Yeah. So it was uh, it was crazy, but it was definitely crazier for me because of who I was next to and having Rodney Harrison right there for that moment and seeing that in real time he is reliving the Giant Super Bowl uh, was just an amazing, amazing thing. I'll never forget that.
2: Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers are legends, and I'm not even exaggerating when I say that about Mahomes. You know, obviously in the early stages, you almost forget of his career. What I mean, Rodgers, the way he threads that needle, Mahomes, his, his Steph Curry approach to play in the quarterback position. What was it like being there, watching those guys do their thing?
1: The coolest thing for both of them is, you know, to have that ability to be right down by the field. And to see them large in life, and for Rogers, it's just the general like, no one should spin a ball the way he spins a ball. I mean the it, best. that the that best. is a, it's a painter, it's a it's it's a sculptor. It's it's so, uh, uh, it seems effortless. I don't know. It's it's a beautiful thing to watch. For Mahomes, I I think the cool thing about Mahomes, and, and it really is is the reason you watch sports, but. Is to be there in the moment and also to be at Arrowhead, and I've been at both places. Uh, you know, uh, obviously Lambeau is an amazing scene, uh, and to see you know what Aaron Rodgers can do with a football while you can't feel your fingertips, and I've got like three <laughs> pairs of gloves and a heater on, and he's just out there like, all right, and spins it. But Mahomes and Arrowhead uh, to have a place be that loud, then get silent. And then everyone, like, collectively on the edge of your seats, and not because it's a big moment or a big play, but just because they don't know what he's going to do next. Mm. You know, and you're, and, and that's not normal for a quarterback. Just the idea that, like, he can leave the pocket and all of a sudden it's a no-look throw or sidearm or almost submarine-fashion throw. I, I don't know. It's, it's a rare thing in sports. And I think you would say this, too. Like, you see a million games. And you can go into it. And I think one of the cool things is that those two guys uh, don't allow you to be jaded because there's something new and something special every single time. But yeah, it's, it's pretty amazing to be like that close to a legend and watching them do what they do. uh, uh, And also it's realizing then being in a meeting with them and realizing these are real people. Yeah. it's And uh, and they come in and they're like, stuff's going on in their life and they have families and, you know, Mahomes is having a baby, and he looks a little tired. And you're like, oh yeah, oh, yeah, like, like you're you're a person. That's I forgot about that. It's easy
2: to when you watch them play. Yeah, uh, nor- normal guys who have real life problems yeah. on a daily basis, like the like the rest of us. Speaking of problems, Liam, this is the perfect way to end the the interview. The Mets. Now yeah. we're taping on a Tuesday. And this is going to drop, as they say, Wednesday morning. So by the time this thing drops, the Mets could be eliminated from the division and they'll make yep. the playoffs via the wild card. How do you describe? I, 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 We're on the same page, same age, you know, in terms of the Knicks. You know, grew up in New York. I'm a diehard Yankee fan. I like the Mets. But diehard Yankee fan, you're a diehard Mets fan. What has it been like watching the Mets – since Timmy Trumpet and that incredible series win against the Dodgers because it has been all downhill since
1: as a Mets fan I can tell you that when Timmy Trumpet happened live because remember it was delayed didn't actually happen the first time I think that he was supposed to happen Uh, yeah or like uh, you know Diaz didn't come in right the first time exactly yep was um, there and didn't play correct and, and I think a lot of us felt like all right, good so just that's it don't do that again and, and only because it is so Mets that this Mets. happen. Have it be your biggest moment and then have everything just come crashing down around us. And we expect it. We anticipate it at this point. And it's it's a miserable way to live. Uh, but I always go back to this. You're a Yankees fan. And so I'm 44. The 86 Mets were you know, the love of my life. I was still a little leaguer then. Uh, you know, I, I, I wore 18, I literally wore 18 my entire life and college soccer because of strawberry. Wow. Uh, like, yeah, like I just, uh, I adored that team. And I remember during that time, the Mets were the Kings, like they you know, they, they were the media darlings I mean we didn't have yep. social media, but they were back page of the paper. Right. Uh, because they were wild and fun and they were winners and they were tough and they would stick it right in your face. And the Yankees, all you really heard about, I mean, you are about Mangley, but you'd hear about Steinbrenner just That's all it. the time. Yeah. yeah, right? And I lived on Long Island. It was an easy trip to Shea. My friends, not as easy a trip to the Bronx. At that time, a lot of people weren't going to Yankee Stadium. And I remember turning to my father and saying, I feel bad for my Yankee fan friends. <laughs> No perspective on life. <laughs> Nothing. And my dad, who's a very nice man, turned to me. And he grew up Brooklyn Dodgers fan, going to Ebbets Field. He turned to me and goes, don't ever feel bad for them. Ever. And I said, like, and I, my dad never spoke to me like that. I was like, oh, all right. And all these years later, like it, it echoes. It might, you know, like, when the Mets are collapsing and everyone's watching cut-ins of Aaron Judge and I'm sitting there, I'm like, don't ever feel bad. Don't ever feel bad. Subway series. Don't ever feel bad. I mean, I don't know. And now the beautiful thing is I get to pass this on to my sons. Uh, we're loving life in the middle of the summer. and Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and going to games. And now they're like, what's happening? We're not winning the division? I'm like, ugh. Yeah. So. Get used to it, kids. Get used <laughs> exactly. to it. Never feel
2: bad for them. <laughs> Liam, you are the absolute best. What a great conversation. I knew this was going to be great. It's it's always, it's a joy watching you. And, you know, even going back to that original anecdote and your path to success and following your incredible career. And can't wait to watch NHL on TNT. Show is absolutely fantastic. Keep up the great work. Hope the Mets, for you and your kids, give you something this postseason. And we'll talk to you again real soon. All right. Love you, buddy. Thanks so much. The best. Liam McHugh. Adam, Adam
3: Shine, Fantasy, Fantasy football, football
1: legend. legend.
2: All right. You know Bob Stew and I are obsessed with our DraftKings Daily Fantasy. 24 dudes in the league. Bob Stew in the league for the first time. Bob Stew has been kicking ass, taking names. Well, Bob Stew, I'm checking the leaderboard. He's he's nowhere to be found. Bob Stew with an embarrassing 20, 20th place finish with a hapless and pathetic 104.72 points for week number four. Now, I finished, I finished in the money. I had an unbelievable week. I finished at 165.64. I had a fabulous, sensational week. I am absolutely thrilled. Yet, I am livid. Bob, I'm not going to lie. I am not going to sit here and gloats. I am not going to sit here and tell you that I beat you by 65 points and laugh in your face. No! <laughs> I am not going to do that this week. I refuse. I am so annoyed. And let me tell you in America why. First of all, I started the night on Monday night. We're taping at 1 o'clock Eastern on Tuesday. I started last night in 10th place. And actually... I was in 20th place. I write Mm -hmm. these things down. Going into Sunday night football. I started my guy, Mike Evans. I couldn't believe nobody else started Mike Evans and CeeDee Lamb as a combo. There were a lot of people started CeeDee Lamb. You started CeeDee Lamb. But the CeeDee Lamb, Mike Evans combo, to me, they were bar none the best two wide receivers to start. Mike Evans had 33.3 points going up against that Kansas City defense. And then I started Tyler Higby at tight end, 17.3. I mean, all Matthew Stafford does is throw to Cooper Cup, look at Cooper Cup, look at Cooper Cup, look at Cooper Cup, look at Cooper Cup and then throw to Tyler Higby. So that's it. That's the whole Rams offense. And with that said, I started the Niners. I started the Niners defense, 21 beautiful, gorgeous points. I was obsessed with that matchup against the Rams. My lineup was amazing. I had Saquon, who gave me 21.2. I told you I was going to, told America on the podcast when I started Hall from the Jets, gave me 15.8. I started Palmer from the Chargers, my only dud, at 3.5. Lamb, as I mentioned, 21.7. And I'm fired up, and I said this last week on the podcast, Aaron Rodgers and our guy Dobbs as a stack. I, I didn't like the, I didn't want to touch Baltimore and and Buffalo with all the weather. I didn't like Jalen Hurts because of the weather. I didn't think Derek Carr, Marcus Mariota, a lot of Cooper Rush, in vogue, cheap players, going to have big games. Bomb. I didn't finish first and lost out by two points. And I'm watching, and America's watching, watching CBS when Aaron Rodgers threw an absolute dime to Dobbs in the back of the end zone. And he dropped... The damn ball. That's 20 points on a stack. 20 points on a stack. I mean, that's unbelievable. It's six for a touchdown. Then you factor in the yards. You factor in the point for a catch. If I'm off, it's it's 18 point whatever the hell it is. So I'm in second place on the overall points. I'm trailing our guy, Nikki by, by 70 or 80 or whatever the hell it is. He's off to nah. an unbelievable start. I finished second, Bob, and I could gloat and rub it in your face after your sham of a pathetic, embarrassing <laughs> performance. But my buddy Dave, my, my good friend Dave was texting me all night. You know, he was in the money. I knocked him out of, of second place. You know, I'm watching, you know, the Niners, and I'm watching the, the Rams, and I'm all fired up. I'm still pissed. Matthew Stafford had Higby open for a touchdown <laughs> twice, and he missed him. How about mm-hmm. if Fred Warner makes that catch for an interception and oh. runs it back for a pick six? I I finished second, Bob. No gloating and telling America and Canada how terrible you were last week. <laughs> I am livid at our guy, Romeo Dobbs, because it's not like one of those where, all right, I consider T.J. Hawkinson, which I did. But, you know, I didn't play them, or I had this lineup, that lineup. Last week was impossible coming up with a lineup. I loved what I had on game day, and it's it's that's the worst. That's even worse than having someone in and pulling them out when you see someone commit an error. Drop a ball in the breadbasket. Yeah. Dez caught it, Dobbs didn't. That's 20 points for the week, and for the big picture to win the big prize at the end, I'm never
3: getting back, Bob. I'm livid. Yeah, you should be living. He had the ball in his hands. He took two steps. It was an obvious catch. I still can't believe he dropped the ball. That I, I, was a touchdown. You really only needed a twenty-yard catch, though, Adam. That would have won you the week too. I mean, that, think about that. You would have won by at least eighteen points if he just catches that. I mean, it would have been, would have been a bloodbath. You would have had a great week. It's all right to gloat, though. Second place is great. And look, I know my lineup was pathetic trash, but I can't win every week, Adam. I got to give some people a chance to win some money. <laughs> Come on, hey, even, listen, even the greats have a cold week. And you just mentioned a good point, though. You always feel bad when it's an error for the from the player. Like you made the right choice, you did everything right this week the errors were all on me. My lineup was absolutely horrible. It was just a whole bunch of terrible plays. So at least I can feel good about that. I can blame myself and not Tyler Higby, Matt Stafford, Romeo Dobbs. So at least I know the problem was me this time. I what was your of, biggest regret? Cause I, uh, your well, lineup. Well, I, didn't think it, I didn't think it was that bad. going How in, much Bob? time do we have <laughs> <laughs> for <great>. My <laughs> biggest regret. How about all of them? I mean, the only one I didn't regret was CeeDee Lamb and the Jags defense was a good ah, play. They got me nine one. points. Second cheapest, that's decent value. They got me nine points. I felt great about the pick six. And then the next thing you know, Jalen Hurts, hes scoring about almost 28 unanswered points against me. But, yeah, i the biggest regret I had was I had Hawkinson in a bunch of lineups and I took him out. I, had, I knew Jamal Williams was going to be the chalk. Like, everyone's going to play Jamal Williams. It yep. made perfect sense. I chalked and I went Herbert instead. And he did okay. But, you know, 58% of Bob, the league plays. hard. the
2: rule? We went over this. Yeah. We're not starting Bears the rest of the year. Yeah, but he put up 11 points. Rule. It wasn't no, like no, that no, sunk no, my no, lineup. No bears. no bears.
3: No Bears. No Bears. No. no bears. That didn't sink my lineup. It was Najee Harris who sunk my lineup with seven measly points against the Jets. How many times are the Steelers going to get the ball in the goal line and run Kenny Pickett? I was literally ripping my hair out. I was so angry. T- twice at the one-yard line, Najee Harris doesn't get the football. Why did you even draft the guy? Why would you even draft him if you're not going to give him the football? Yeah, I had some bad plays. Stephon Diggs didn't work out. You mentioned the Buffalo That was the weather. one I didn't
2: like, Diggs. That yeah, was the one and I, I that
3: understand I like. your, your rationale for that, but I stood outside. I wasn't that far from Baltimore. I was in South Jersey with my family. It wasn't that bad. Josh Allen can complete the forward All of a sudden, you're you're
2: like anything. the weatherman in the hurricane. You're standing <laughs> outside to feel yeah. the weather, Bob. You you can't stand outside in South <laughs> Jersey to see if you're gonna play Steph Diggs at and. De-
3: it yes you can it wasn't that working bad for the weather
2: channel i mean come on wait
3: wait sam champion what's going on here <laughs> it wasn't that bad outside and then two <laughs> hours later the real rain came and i go no wonder josh allen couldn't throw the football that field so i go this is yeah that that was just pretty stupid it was a dumb play but i didn't regret it because baltimore secondary is terrible so i didn't really feel too bad about it i i didn't feel that bad about it there was a lot of regrets though, Adam. It was just a tough week. The, the Najee Harris one really wants me to rip my hair out because I had Jamal Williams, T.J. Hawkinson, and a whole bunch of lineups. But I think this week is a little bit easier than last week. We're starting to see some more injuries, Adam. A cart running back and whatnot Allow you to play some cheaper guys. I mean, I, I'm looking forward to this week. I don't know how I can continue to not play Jalen Hurts again. He's got Arizona coming up. I think he's, he's got a, a good play. Matchup. Yeah, there's a lot of cheaper running backs. I couldn't believe it. It was the first week I didn't play Pierce from the Texans, and of course, he's breaking off 75-yard touchdown runs in my face. I go, I was a believer in him for three weeks. I didn't didn't play him. He can, you could play him again. I mean, Jack, Jacksonville, to me, is a pretty good matchup for him. You know, I like the Jets-Dolphins matchup. You're going to play some Dolphins receivers. I'm not afraid of DJ Reed and Sauce Gardner. I think the Dolphins run a lot of plays over the middle. Could be a big Jalen Waddle game. So those are some of the guys I'm looking at uh, coming up for the next week, Adam. Uh, what are you, have you seen anybody you like, anyone you have your eye on coming up? I got to
2: tell you, you know what I have my eye on? I'm going to tell yeah. you exactly what I have my eye on because I got a lot of tweets about this from the podcast last week. Bob, we were all over the games to gamble on in the NFL. Last yeah. week, and remember, last year we were 30 games over 500, and the beginning of this year kicked our ass, and <laughs> you were 8-7-1 and one last week. I was 31 th- uh, I'm on the season I'm 31 32 and 1. I was 10 5 and 1 last week. 10 Excellent. 5 and 1 last week. So, you know, whether it's DraftKings on, you know, gambling or DraftKings when it comes to the daily fantasy, yeah, we, we gotta stay hot. In terms of players I like for, for DraftKings, I, I, I'm with you on Pierce and you know I've been I've been playing him. I've been I've been all over him nonstop. So that's certainly a guy that I, I like a lot this week. There's no question about it. Um I, I think Rashad Penny. Who I liked a lot. That yeah. oh, that,
3: I had him. I had him in a couple lineups too. I'm still regretting that one as well. There
2: Man, was a hurts. point on yeah. Saturday I had Penny, Hawkinson, <laughs> and Pierce all in my oh lineup. My gosh, would
3: you put up 200 yeah. points
2: otherwise? <laughs> think, think about that. I, there was a wow. point in time, and actually, in that configuration, I had Lamb, Evans, and Diggs. And I wanted I like digs that. out, yeah. so yeah. I and I, I took digs out because I had to reconfigure everything. I had to well, reconfigure. Well, le- you
3: know, at least you didn't play Evan Ingram over T.J. Hawkinson, so at least you got that going for you, unlike me.
2: <laughs> By the way, <laughs> these games against the spread this week, I, I think are are pretty interesting and fascinating. Do the Buffalo Bills Pittsburgh Steelers line is fourteen. Oh, you, yeah. Does that scare you no. in, in taking piss? Yeah, I'm taking Buffalo, and I don't even hesitate. Right. I actually think it's one of the best bets of the week, especially not only because Buffalo, to me, is still the favorite for the Super Bowl, but remember what
3: happened week one last year, so revenge is going to be on Josh Good Allen's I didn't think about the revenge factor, but you're right. You already saw Buffalo destroy Tennessee in the same kind of revenge factor fashion, but – I don't think the line could be high enough for this game. I mean, 14 is easy to me, easy money. And look, I thought Kenny Pickett played pretty well against the Jets last week. He had the, look, he finishes with three interceptions, one's a Hail Mary, one was an unbelievable play by LaMarcus Joyner, literally his hand behind his head. I thought Kenny Pickett played well. He can throw the ball downfield. A rookie quarterback going into Buffalo on the road is a recipe for disaster, Adam. He has no chance with that offensive line. No chance. I think the Bills are going to win by at least 20 points.
2: I'll give you just a couple of others and we'll make our picks against the spread on Friday on radio and on TV, but just a couple of underdogs early in the week to monitor Detroit. And I know that's Dan Campbell against Bill Belichick and that's not a fair fight, Uh but Detroit, (laughs) Atlanta, Tampa's favored by eight and a half against Atlanta. I, I think Arthur Smith has done a hell of a job. If, if, Cordero was playing if Patterson was playing I-, I would take Atlanta to win outright but the fact that he's on injured reserve I can't do that but I think they could cover Rams as we speak are favored by four and a half I, I think Dallas can win that game I think that Cincinnati is a good play with Baltimore favored by three and I think there's a realistic shot that the Raiders are going to cover the seven points against Kansas City and Arrowhead yeah,
3: those are some good ones Adam I got to say, I think I disagree with all of them. <laughs> oh, I, I feel like, even yeah. better already, Bob. I mean, That's great. Yeah. The way I've been playing this year, you should feel pretty good. Hey, I was 7-3-1 and one going into the night games on Sunday. Yeah, don't ask me what happened after that. But I uh, – the Raiders are just – I mean, they did look good against Denver, but Denver is terrible. And Denver the Chiefs terrible. blew out Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. They made the number one defense in the NFL. No longer the number one defense in the NFL. That's how well they played. You know, I hate Detroit because of all the injuries. You know, Bill Belichick, they're just going to run the ball a billion times. The, the, the Lions couldn't stop the Seahawks. And the Seahawks almost scored 50 points on the Lions. The Seahawks. I mean, New England is going to have a good game plan. They're going to win that game by 7 to 10 points. I'm not worried about the Patriots. Still got to see the injury report for Dallas and the Rams. But, man, the Rams don't inspire any confidence versus the Cowboys defense. That's one of those I could definitely agree with you on that, Adam. The Cowboys, I do like that in terms of an underdog play. But that's about it.
2: The other ones I don't really agree. Wow. All right. Some good, healthy disagreements going into week five of the National Football League. I just can't wait to beat you in Daily Fantasy by 60 points again this week. (laughs) Thank you for listening to another incredible episode of the Adam Shine Podcast. Liam McHugh, how awesome was that? Thanks to our listeners on SiriusXM. Thanks to our listeners on Pandora. Thank you to our listeners on Apple Podcasts and with Stitcher. We record the Adam Shine Podcast all year round, so please hit the subscribe button. So you don't miss an episode. You can always catch me every weekday on my Sirius XM radio show. Shine on Sports, 9 a.m. to noon Eastern. Sirius XM, Man Dog Sports Radio, Channel 82. Thanks for listening. Talk to you soon. The Adam Shine Podcast is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcasts. Plus, catch Shine on Sports weekdays from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on SiriusXM Mad Dog Sports Radio Channel 82. Hand on the SXM, app. This is the Adam Shine Podcast. Touchdown! For more from Adam
0: Shine, listen to Shine on Sports on Mad Dog Sports Radio, 9 a.m. to noon Eastern
3: on Sirius XM Mad Dog Sports Radio, Channel 82.
4: Sirius XM Podcasts. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms. And producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.
0: At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic.